0: And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle with your host, Tyler butterball Butterball.
1: Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker, and he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine. Now DeRozan, Vooch, he's going to be able to set these
0: guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Andrew Pepe Valentin.
1: This is the biggest scar on the Blackhawks, on hockey, on the NHL, you can possibly think of. This was a conspiracy theory that is true. This is this was a this was a conspiracy to cover up the fact that this monster was allowed to inflict his. His will on this young man and use his power as a coach.
0: Hit us up on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowT Whistle1. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E 1. And now, here's Tyler, Andrew,
1: and David. And welcome, everybody, here to Below the Whistle here on SportstownChicago.com. I am Andrew Valentin, and I'm here with David Dykstra. And, ah, uh, he's not here. What a shame.
0: Aw, uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yes, Tyler. Rest.
1: <laughs> Tyler is not with us. Uh, he is waiting for True Love's First Kiss. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: you heard that, right, Emily? Yeah. <laughs> You heard that? So you have to go save him, Emily. That is that is on you because I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> not that I don't love you, Tyler. It's just moisturizer. That's all I'm saying. Man. <laughs> Chapstick. Oh, 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 oh. That's so foul. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome everybody again. Uh, we hope you guys are love it here at Blow the Whistle because we are bringing it to you live, of course, from Illinois Media School, if guys. We want to check us out anymore. Obviously, you can follow us at Blow the Whistle One on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the good social media stuff. Uh, we want. Want to welcome all the podcast listeners from across the globe as well as all the wonderful people from the Under the Hood podcast as well the current and new listeners we want to thank you all for being a part of us and participating with us as well in this wonderful radio show and podcast that we bring to you ladies and gentlemen so uh, we have a lot to talk about obviously today we're going to kick it off with the NBA. We've got a deep dive into what happened with the Bulls and Bucks, obviously. We're going to be talking about what happened, what went down in the NBA this weekend because, oh my goodness, the playoffs are here, folks, and they're here playoffs? to stay, at least until it ends. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> we're going to be ending the hour off with our great segment, the greatest segment in all of entertainment, and that is You're Killing these Smalls. And if obviously you had a moment that said You're Killing Me Smalls, hit us up at Bullet Two Whistle One. Let us know what it was, and we will read it live here on the air and if not we will read it live on the air tomorrow for the TV show. Absolutely. 2.30 to 3.30pm Central Time. Check that out on the YouTube channel and on the Facebook page of X-Bomb Sports where we will be going live with David and maybe sleepy time we'll know. We'll we'll see if we can wake him up it all depends if Emily can climb the castle and and give him the sleep. I'll get under
0: the table and wake him up. There you go.
1: Uh, (laughs) We'll give him his cheese so he can be there. All right. well David are you ready to do this my friend? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Once again, I'll say it. Tommy Morello, you are a god. Greatest guitarist of all time? One of them. I like to be Hendrix. Hendrix and him are 1A, 1B.
1: Clapton's pretty good.
0: You can say Clapton's good. But he doesn't hold a candle to Hendrix or Morel. Morello changed the game as far as guitar.
1: Yeah, he did. I, I mean, I, listen. Clapton can play a guitar. Right? He can. He can play then a guitar. There's no doubt. I would put him in the top five. I, I know people are really interested in knowing what we think about guitarists <laughs> when we're going to talk Bulls and bucks. <laughs> yeah, let's get to this, Bulls. Absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Chicago Bulls, guess what? They played their first playoff game in, God, 20, you said 2015, 16, right? Something like that. It's been it's been a hot minute for them, obviously. They played their first playoff game. They unfortunately did lose it, 93-86, to 86, an unfortunate loss, but... A little bit closer than we kind of gave them credit for. I, I think we were definitely thinking that this was going to be a little bit more of a blowout considering you're in Milwaukee. You haven't beaten the Bucks all season long. Obviously, it still continues. But 93-86, to 86, close game, close opportunity. Big question I have for all the fans, and then I throw it to you, David, obviously is with the showing that we saw from the Bulls in this one against the Bucks, being such a close game, is there a realistic possible chance that the Bulls may be able to pull off maybe one or two wins in this. I think it's a long shot that they do win this series, <laughs> but I, I'm ask, I ask you, the fans. You're not going to say the you word, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. But what do you guys think about the possibility of the Bulls being more competitive in this series than maybe what we give them credit for? Again, hit us up on blow 2 a one on social media. We want to know, David, what do you think, man? Do you think the Bulls can be far more competitive than maybe we're giving them credit for?
0: The last couple of times that they've played the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. the Bulls have been they competitive. Yeah, they brought it, and the way the game started, though, you know, I, I thought it was over. <laughs> yeah, I thought nine zero run to start the game, and Giannis is giving his mean face; mm-hmm. he's mean mugging everybody. I was like, <laughs> it's over. I, 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 I actually turned the channel to the USFL. I don't blame you. And then all of a sudden, I hear you know my uncle yelling they're only down by six. (laughs) They're only down by three. I was like, all right, time to start watching again. Right. (laughs) But it, it it looked like there were adjustments made at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things were, were being done on a, a higher level as far as defensively for the bulls. I, I think you and I talked about this earlier. I think defensively it's going to be more so, of a defensive series than I think anyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Milwaukee's defense is spectacular to begin with. Absolutely. So, and if the bulls can get anywhere close to what they were when they were in first, Mm -hmm. this should be a very competitive series. Now, am I saying that they can go, I said, I'm going to stick with my, I'm not going to fade my, fade my (laughs) original prediction. I still think it's Milwaukee in four. Yeah but i think the games are going to be way more competitive than what people originally thought that they were going to be
1: yeah no that i mean that's that's kind of where i'm leaning in the same in the same asset i still think they can get one game and i think it'll be at home but this team i we said this on friday i said it especially they're going to fight and that's what they did they fought with these bucks they did not back down from this team right you have Look, Vooch, give him credit, right? Give him the blue ribbon. You know, you tried, A, for effort. I know the defense wasn't all there, but at least he tried to be somebody in the face of Giannis and Brook Lopez. But they did a great job. I mean, Caruso did an incredible job putting Drew Holiday out of his sink. He did not play well in that game. He played, he played, they all played off. It's just the Bucs were able to hit a few more shots kind of at the end of this. That's kind of how this game went. They had a few more opportunities that they were able to have. The Bulls, you know, first playoff game, I think a few guys might have been nervous. You're certainly wanting to prove something. This is a divisional rival. You want to beat them. And I think they they just maybe kind of got a little bit overwhelmed, right? And DeRozan did not play well at all. I mean the guy was like what six for twenty five from the field.
0: Yeah, he he still had a very points. off game for yeah. DeMar DeRozan.
1: Absolutely. I mean he did well all the well all the way around still with rebounds and assists, but he didn't look like his old self. You know, so you gotta give credit to the Bucks for, for doing what they were able to do and shutting them down defensively. And credit to their offense too. They did a lot with mismatches, right? When you've got Brooke Lopez going against Javante Green, who's six four and he's seven feet tall. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's it's not gonna happen. That's not gonna work. And it's,
0: like and like we said earlier, like Brooke Lopez is one of the most underrated, legit big men in absolutely. the NBA right
1: now. Yeah, and I mean the Look, can he hit a jumper like he used to anymore? Probably not. Occasionally he can, but he doesn't do it that often. He's he's more of that seven foot big man, stand by the basket, get the rebound, put backs. I mean, he even him, he's not really that big of a of a defensive threat. I mean, he's, he's grown more as a defensive player as he's gotten older now because he's like, I can't move like I used to. Yeah. I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> so, he's gotten better with blocking and rebounding and all that kind of stuff. So, he's He's honing craft himself into that kind of player, but this Bucks team—I mean, it was beatable. They—they—they they, they showed the, a little bit of an opening to the to the balls that they could be beaten. Obviously, if certain shots would have fallen in for certain players, you know, like certain maybe Zach Levine.
0: <laughs> See, and and that's that's my whole thing. Let let me take it to you, yeah. to you like this: Zach Levine wants that. High end max. He wants that two
1: hundred million. He wants that money. Make the shot, right? You have to be more clutch than that.
0: You want to. You want to be the team leader. You want to be the man that they look to to make those clutch. Hit it.
1: Yeah. Hit those
0: shots. The only person that I've seen hit shots this year in clutch situations is Demar Derozan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He. I mean. He did it back to back nights in two different years. So how can you <laughs> how can how can you say that the, the man is not your like go to guy? L- nothing against Levine. No, not but,
0: not anything against Zach. But if you're sitting there saying that you want this X amount of money, you want to be paid like a superstar, then be the superstar. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah. that being said, I'm going to be very interested to see what adjustments. Because by all means, uh, Milwaukee did not have a typical Milwaukee game. You know, now was that because of the shutdown defense that was being played? Grant or Patty will had a, himself he a decent great. game. Yeah, he did great. He did. I,
1: you went up against the face of the league or the next face in the league yeah. finalist for the MVP probably should have been a finalist for defensive player of the year. Giannis said to and you pretty much took it to him. You made him feel your presence and that's important. you, you, didn't dominate, but you certainly held him to 20. You hold him to 27. That's pretty big considering most nights he probably could have gone off for 40.
0: But once again, this 20-year-old is stepping up and saying, I want the primetime player. When it's prime time. Can't even
1: drink yet, and he's already taking on the top players in leagues league. And that's going something. to the
0: coaches and saying, I yeah. want him. Yeah, that's, that's... You don't see that. No. And that's that, to me, when he did that against LeBron last year, was like, okay, this... this He wants it. This kid's a different breed. Yeah, he's,
1: he's a different kind of cat. He wants to be that man. He wants to be like, I'll take him. If nobody else wants him, I'll, I'll take him. I don't care. Dude, that's LeBron. Yeah, and... Look at what he did with the Lakers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just, no. So that being said, I want to see what kind of adjustments Milwaukee makes going into game two, Right. and let's see if that defensive <laughs> fortitude continues for the Bulls. Right. Because if it does, once again, it's going to be a competitive series. Do I think the Bulls have enough to pull it off and win the series? Absolutely not. Could they sneak a game? Sure. Absolutely. Do I think so? No. I think it's going to be a sweep. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, once again, Chicago fans, we sit here and say this, and the Chicago Bulls were hoping that they would just make the play-ins this year. Right. So to be the sixth seed and were the one seed at one point, be happy with what you've got.
1: Absolutely. I mean, listen, they overachieved – in the best way possible, right? You couldn't ask for anything, anything better, at this point in time, than for this team to say, "Well, they were going to go maybe forty and 42, 41 and forty one, maybe make the eighth or the ninth seed in the playoffs for uh, you know for the play in and all that stuff." And instead, this team started at the highest of highs. They fell back down to earth because injuries and sick, and you know teams figured them out and made the right adjustments, right? So credit to those teams, obviously, but at the same time, yes, the Bulls have not beaten anybody that's been a top three seed. I understand that. You got to beat those top teams. Absolutely, you have to beat those top teams. But to still get 46 wins in a season where they weren't even giving – I mean, there were still people that were saying they're only going to win maybe 35, 38 games – because they weren't because people said DeRozan was the worst free agent signing. Vooch isn't the worse. Yeah, the worst. How does Lonzo fit into this situation? What's Caruso going to do? I'll be do? the first
0: one to admit I was the one I was I was a ball hater.
1: I I was I was say there was not happy I happy with not, that pickup. I was not in the same boat as anybody else. On this is a good thing. I thought Caruso was going to be oh cool. We got the Taysom Hill of the NBA coming okay. into the team.
0: Another another one that I was I was like suspect. Yeah, about. and Very they much both so.
1: slapped me in the mouth and said shut up. And I have because they they have both been quintessential in how this team's been able to build. And obviously DeRozan really worst free agent signing. I think pretty much MVP
0: consideration at one point during the season. Yeah,
1: I think you have to definitely go in the in the possibility of saying he's been probably the best free agent signings by far. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're gonna be talking more on the NBA. The weekend was filled with great playoff plays. We're gonna be talking all that and more, plus some luck of the Irish that happened this week here on Blow the Whistle on Sportsdown of the morning to everybody today, once again.
0: Oh, you know why I'm playing this, me <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It is the luck of the Irish, folks, coming oh. in here to blow the whistle with your host, Andrew Robinson, and of course, David Dykstra with me as well. Again, well, welcome to all the Under the Hood podcast listeners. And I may be a wee bit
0: my, my last <laughs> name doesn't say it, but I may be a wee bit Irish. Maybe a wee bit Irish. but uh, <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen my yes. Facebook page.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or, or, my... or his numerous names on <laughs> all his social <laughs> Media,
0: <laughs> there for a while, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yes. Uh, he, there's a. Oh, you can't see right now, but there's a green aura like, coming off a of him. Just She's just skosh. just a skosh. Four leaf clovers and shillelagh is kind of bouncing all around, <laughs> like like the magical marshmallows from the
0: <laughs> oh, be lucky charms.
1: <laughs> all right, uh,
0: I'll like, feed into it. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Got to, man. Gotta embrace it, baby. Uh, yes, everybody, uh, obviously if you want to follow us social media, T Whistle One on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Hit us up at Whistle radio at gmail.com for any questions, comments. Uh, yes, NBA weekend has been great, and for one team, as we've been kind of alluding to, it has been Luck of the Irish all the way, because the Boston Celtics pulled off a magical one in this in the playoffs. Was it was it luck though? Well, calculated luck. Let's call it that. Calculated luck to the nth degree. (laughs) I mean, that was a great play.
0: Well, Um, there's there's need to worry, though, in Boston as well. I mean, Durant only had, what, 27?
1: Yeah, he did. That is
0: not a typical... (laughs) <laughs> KD kind of performance. No,
1: it is not. Uh, Boston Celtics pull it out, one fifteen to one fourteen, after an amazing move by Jason Tatum to make it to the basket with about one point nine seconds left. Was able to get the final basket to win the game for the Boston Celtics. They take game one.
0: Let's just rewind that play, though. Yes. <laughs> Let, let's seriously. Let's dive into this play. That ten seconds or whatever it was. Because it, it all starts mm-hmm. from the shutdown defense. <laughs> On the other end, yeah. where Kyrie drives, they double-team him, he kicks it out to KD, and kudos Jason Tatum for the D that he put on KD yeah. and not giving him an easy three-point shot No, as as time ran out on the shot well, clock.
1: Well, if you watch it too, like a little bit before all that, like double-team and stuff, if you watch when Kyrie takes the ball to the top of the key... Marcus Smart is on him, obviously, because Smart's their best shutdown, lockdown (laughs) defender. He's a beast, yeah, absolutely. Uh, But you watch him; Katie's trying to set up a pick and roll. He's trying to set. He's trying to shut it down on Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum is. Literally fighting him every inch and now being like, "Oh, you're not setting this!" Like shoving him out of the way. Oh yeah. To the point where Katie has to sprint to the corner of the top of the key so that this way he's set up for the shot, and that's where Kyrie rolls out, gets double team, kicks it out, and then Katie tries to make his shot. Because but Jason Tatum smothers him, and then we, absolutely smothers and him, and then
0: we get to the other end of the court. Boston does not take a timeout. Yeah, which if you really truly think about it, very smart from Boston standpoint, because worst case scenario, you know, you lose by one.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: But, they, every, in that 10 seconds, I don't know if you know this or not, mm. every single player touched the ball. Yeah. That's, yes. that's insanity. That's yes. That's crazy to me. Marcus Smart somehow sees Jason Tatum
1: Key to incredible. The, key
0: to the... I thought he was going to take the The shot. low block. Oh, he, he, he was fakes, open.
1: You got two guys flying over the top of you. He moves up underneath them. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he's going to take the jumper. Yeah. In which he can hit that jumper. He's hit that many a times. And all of a sudden, you see him throw... Just the perfect, I mean, just the perfect pass to Jason Tatum. And
0: how Tatum catches that mid spin, ladies. So we good. slowed this. I, we were watching I went it today. on
1: YouTube, and I slowed it down. They already had it in slow motion. Emotion. I had to put it on slower motion because I was like, how me. do you hit We, this? we hit the
0: turtle yes, emoji. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Because I'm watching this thing. I'm like, how did Tatum get that whilst in the midst of his spin? And not
0: get fouled by Kyrie. Exactly.
1: And he perfectly plants his foot, perfectly in line with Marcus Smart's pass, catches it, and then proceeds to spin out as Kyrie's oh, he was hands coming around.
0: Spin, like, his body was contorted to the point where he was still looking for the ball. Yeah. But was <laughs> mid Spin,
1: it was ridiculous. And it happened
0: so fast. You could see Kyrie try to swipe at Jason yeah. Tatum, but it was just too late and just unbelievably well designed play. It
1: was a classic Boston Celtics kind of game finisher. I seriously, like you think any other team, like three point shot jumper to win it, right? That kind of thing. Like Kobe turnaround, you know, Jordan with the three, whatever. This is like Boston Celtics kind of thing. It's like lay up off the glass in the last seconds to win it. Yeah, Bird. Bird, You know, Russell, whatever. Avilchek, something. (laughs) You expect this kind of thing, right? You don't. Bird steals the ball. He steals
0: the ball. Yeah. And that's the thing is
1: that this this says, listen, congrats to the Nets. Kyrie played well. Whatever. He was fasting. Whatever. But
0: still. Oh, we're going to have a whole bunch to say about Kyrie here in a little bit. I figured. Mm
1: -hmm. But... uh, this says everything for the, for the Boston Celtics, why they're so good. Like you said, every person touched that ball in the last few seconds. Why? Because they are team-oriented to the teeth. And they went to their best player and said, he's going to finish the game. You know, Marcus Smart could have easily taken that shot, but they said, let's go with this easy, simpler play. And sure enough, they executed to perfection. You can't get any better than that.
0: And that's what makes them so dangerous. Best, best game game one? Absolutely. Of the weekend, but there were some surprises. Number one yeah. <laughs> and above everything else, mm-hmm. the young, the 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 pups, yes, the wolves, mm-hmm. just smacking Memphis square in the mouth.
1: Yeah, they they came out and with with a lot of fight, a lot of a lot of bite. B- besides the bark, well, it messed it up. <laughs> here's
0: here's what I'm wondering. Yeah, all that that ribbing and, and people giving them stuff right. for celebrating that play in victory. Yeah. Oh, oh you, you think we're a joke, do you? Right.
1: <laughs> we'll show you a thing or two. And they did.
0: Cat and Edwards – Cat and uh, –
1: Yeah, Ant- Anthony Edwards. Anthony
0: Edwards just hey, – Okay.
1: Yeah. Anthony All right. Anthony Edwards is going to be a star in this league for a long time. 36. Cat <laughs> still has it. 29. And he was hitting shots – like like nothing. He had a floater that just bounced and you're watching Steven Adams under the basket. And it's like, it's gonna hump. It's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come from underneath. <laughs> and he just drops right into the net. And you just see his head go down. And he just goes, God, I c can't even get a lucky break out of this one. A lot of things went right for the Timberwolves. Don't get me wrong. They had a lot of lucky breaks. But this team honestly has a they have a good shot. They they're, have the talent. They have another they're again another team oriented group that Took on another one that's all about you know the team play and everything but obviously if Jaw's not hitting that's a big part of you know their success right it's Ja Morant kind of leading the charge and then everybody else kind of follows suit but th- this is one of those games I I think I said it or somebody said it this is gonna be a low-key kind of good up good matchup because this are, these are two teams that for the future of the NBA, it's bright are going to be relevant. Absolutely. There, You're going to hear. And that's the thing is like, you hear about the Timberwolves and you say like all the things with the celebrating, like they kind of have a right to celebrate. How long has it been since they've been in this position? It's been a long time since the Timberwolves can say we're a playoff team. That sounds weird. Like the Timberwolves don't say that usually. So,
0: and and then you have, you have matchups that you thought were going to be highly contested. Yeah. And, and, the 76ers come out there and just go, <laughs> nope! Yeah. <laughs> but not not who you thought it was going to be, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. Not even close. Tyrese Maxey decides, ah, why not? Let's do a playoff career high of 38 points. Yeah. I was uh, that
1: that shocked me, but he hit he was hitting everything, everything. He was on the hot hand, very much like Anthony Edwards. They were running a hot hand with him.
0: And kudos to Harden. Yeah, to to going, Okay, I don't have the hot hand today. Let's go with the guy that does. Yeah, 14 assists. And he was
1: perfectly dishing them to Maxi. He was getting them out there. Credit too to Tobias Harris. He really stepped up in this game, too. He was able to he was second leading scorer on this team. He had a really solid game. All the way around this 76ers team that we know is good.
0: Yeah, uh, but I good. thought the Raptors would give. So did I.
1: I gave the Raptors a lot more credit. I thought they were going to come in and.
0: Uh, and it, granted, one game sample. Right, but
1: phew, yeah. Shout out by the way to Siakam played Joel Embiid really well. Really frustrated him, but we know obviously Embiid can do a lot more.
0: I want to I want to go over one other one other performance from the weekend. Yeah, and, and get get your your thought on. Not just the player, but the team moving forward. Okay. Donovan from the Jazz. 30 of his 32 points were in the second half. Mm-hmm. Was this maybe Donovan Mitchell's coming out party? I mean, I, I mean, everybody knows he's good. Yeah. But he's never, he wasn't in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And I don't think he was in the year before, was he? Because uh, that was COVID, right? I think they that were. In the, bubble? I'm pretty sure
1: they were in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Was Donovan Mitchell
0: playing though?
1: I I don't remember.
0: I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. But does this make, in your eyes? Yeah. I, I want your opinion on yeah. this. Does this make Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz mm. the number two team in the West?
1: Here's the problem with the Jazz. Um, in, in, in conceptually, it works. Yes. But in the overall scheme of the NBA, I think they're going to blow that team up because we're hearing all these rumors now. He that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are not getting along. As far as a coming out party, I think he already kind of came out as a star. Okay, I think it's fair to say that in, in the relevancy of the NBA, he is certainly a star. Is he a superstar? Not really. Is if I do you think still, that's
0: because he plays with because everybody knew how great John Stockton and Carl Malone right. were, but they I don't feel like they ever got the kudos that they deserved because they were in Utah well
1: yeah that's the thing Utah is not a big market obviously it's easy to kind of get lost in there you don't remember that the Utah Jets sometimes play in Utah like you, you forget that so I think that kind of hurts him a little bit listen this is the next guy that should be like D Wade he's the closest thing I've seen to Dwayne Wade in every possible way is game and all that stuff The problem is, obviously, he's playing with another guy that came in, was supposed to be the superstar. He's really just a really good defensive player, and it's not Shaq and D-Wade like in 06 in Miami. It's really a clashing of two Titans that both want to be the star. I think once they blow that team up, give it to Donovan Mitchell and say, it's your rodeo show, it's your time to go, that's when you'll start to see the success of him as a player. That's when you'll start to see Utah Who's already a good team, but I think you'll see them transform into a team that can actually be a true terror in the NBA.
0: I almost did it again, by the way.
1: That's <laughs> all right. I
0: almost did it again. We almost asked about Djokovic. <laughs> God
1: <laughs> bless I Got to know who's playing on what ah! team, folks. Uh, well, the NBA, obviously, there's much, much more coming up here on the playoffs. And we are going to get into exactly who we think is going to be going forward in this tournament, in this playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, right here on Blow the Whistle on sportsdownchicago.com. And here we go, folks. That's right. You're listening here to Sports Town Chicago's very own Blow the Whistle. I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra. And obviously, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, the NBA playoffs have officially started this weekend. We're the first handful of games. So everybody's kicking off their series in the start. But we still have much more to go over, ladies and gentlemen. So obviously, the question I have for the fans, and then I throw it to you, my man, David for the upcoming games here in the NBA. And really, just let's just draw it out to the series. Let's just do the series as a whole. Which series are you looking most forward to going forward here in the NBA playoffs? Which teams do you feel like can possibly pull off the upsets going forward? Again, hit us up on social media at blow whistle one Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We want to hear from you guys. David, what do you think, man?
0: Well, I mean, not, not to... Throw shade at our listeners by any means, but if you all aren't out there going Boston and Brooklyn is the game in the series that we want to watch, yeah, you're a moron. <laughs> um, that one we game, love you, we love you, but you're crazy. Um, that just that one game sample size, yeah. Like that says I think it all. It, it's it's one of those things where you know it, things get hyped up so much. Mm-hmm. North Carolina Duke yeah, gets hyped up so much and you're just you're sitting there waiting for the game going there's no way this is gonna live up to the, it does and more oh yeah well and this is like and, and, and this is the same thing <laughs> yeah you hype it up you hype it up this should be the the Eastern Conference Finals yeah <laughs> without oh, yeah, a the,
1: shadow of a doubt. This, this should. matchup should have been more... To- this is, again, like <laughs> what we say with the tournament, right? Yeah. You've got Illinois and Loyola meeting up in the second round or whatever it was, and it's like, that's not supposed to
0: happen! That's Come on! That's Elite 8, people! Come on! you killing me, Smalls! Uh, <laughs> too soon,
1: too soon. Too uh, too soon. Uh, but, no, I mean, listen, I don't want to go on the... Social commentary on this thing, but this is kind of like the social media thing, right? Like we get so overblown with the hype to yeah. the point where it's like, oh, this can't live up to the moment, right? Because it's been talked, like it was talked about so much with UNC Duke, is going to be a big game, going to be a big game. We hyped it up like crazy to the point where I, even I was going like, did we sell it a little bit too much yeah. for ourselves? Like did this we is going to oversell. And it, but no, it played out perfectly. It was exactly the kind of game you wanted. Boston and Brooklyn. It's exactly the game that you wanted. This was this was one which I mean, some people were underselling this. Some people really thought this was going to be a blowout by one team or the other. I some people were saying the Nets were going to blow out the Celtics. I don't know how that happens, but sure. I I had a feeling this. I think we all said this is going to be probably the biggest matchup of the NBA playoffs, and it, it right now so far, game one has proven to be just that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Just like I calm down, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We're bending we're the space-time continuum for you, ladies and gentlemen. Just how, That's how right. good we are. But uh, it's I, you look at these playoffs. The one I'm interested in, because we were just kind of talking about the player, making sure that he's actually on the right team, is, uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> is Denver-Golden State. Because even though Golden State certainly outplayed Denver, and we know it's Jokic versus the entire group, the one matchup I'm really interested in is Jokic versus Draymond Green. That has been a huge, already that first game, that was a huge match between the two of them because, you know, Draymond played his butt off against
0: Draymond
1: Jokic. And,
0: and as much as everybody wants to sit there and, and talk stuff about Draymond and blah, 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 Draymond steps up to a, a different level when playoffs hit. Oh, absolutely. He's one of those players that just has that, that ability <laughs> to flip. A switch.
1: I mean, we talk about guys like playoffs, right? You talk about guys like playoff P and playoff Harden playoff. Dre is pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. And I mean, here's the thing too, folks. Like we talked about the bulls and the, and the bucks here a little bit earlier on, uh, in case you didn't catch that. Um, If, uh, if, if you watch the playoffs every year, defense kicks up in the playoffs for the NBA. Everybody is starting to lock down. Everybody started because now it counts. Now is when it, the regular season, well, just outscore everybody, all that stuff. Now you want to play defense. Now you want to block shots. Now you want to get more rebounds. The whistles also, too, by the way, get swallowed by the refs. So now you can get away with a little bit more. So now is where defense really starts to kick up. Now you get more aggression. And honestly, I, Draymond versus Jokic, you can see it. Draymond's all over, all over the Joker. He's not letting him get any easy points because they know if he goes for 40, it could be over. So I am I'm, I'm intrigued with that matchup especially.
0: I mean if you want to talk about matchups that you know I'm I'm sitting here going first off Phoenix looks really
1: good. <laughs> Chris Paul is not for, I he is not 41 years old. That is a bold-faced lie. He 19, is like
0: 29. 19 points in the fourth quarter. Cannot
1: be 41 years old. I don't believe it. 1 2
0: Atons, starting to <laughs> Pick up his game.
1: I think it's playoff Aton with him now. Oh
0: my good night. Okay, so all that being said, you asked, you know, possible upsets. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it, <laughs> Wolves. It's possible. Wolves. Yeah. And I don't want to say it because, damn it, we deserve to see more Ja. Uh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I, he looked great in that game. He looked great, but. Honestly, the Timberwolves looked really, they looked in such in sync. Just like
0: we said about the, the Grizzlies yeah. earlier. Are are the Wolves too young to realize the moment?
1: Right. Well, I, here, here's what I'll say for the Wolves at least. They have the perfect blend of youth with the experience, right? Like Carl Anthony Towns, certainly adding, adding Patrick Beverly to that roster. Not only is that adding defense, but that also adds a veteran voice so I think that helps the Wolves out a lot more. Whereas the Grizzlies, they're just like, yeah, whatever playoffs. Like we're all like twenty-two years old and living the dream. And Jaw's like, yeah, I should be MVP, so I'm just gonna drop thirty like it's nothing. Because I, I, I mean, for them, it's certainly athleticism and the youth and the speed of the game for the Grizzlies. Whereas the Wolves, they at least have some veterans on their team where they can kind of, they can kind of rely on them more to have that knowledge for them. Uh, as far as like an upset goes, I still think there might be a chance for the Raptors. I still think there's because at some point James Harden's gonna be, I think, off of his game. Not well, maybe, not maybe as a Maxie's, passer. Maxie's
0: not pouring in 38.
1: No, that that's a once in a unless unless this is like where he comes out. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's like, Who is this guy? Where where's he coming from? I, I'm sure Joel Embiid will hit his 30, 40 points. I'm sure that. You know, Harden will probably have his thirty-point game at some point, but I just feel like because of the Raptors, it's Nick Nurse, it's Siakam, Van Vliet's a really good player. They will have the ability, like more so when they get home. I, th- I don't think they're, they're going to get. Yeah, win. I don't
0: think they'll get swept. No. by any means. And you know, the the other games tonight, we t- we touched on the Warriors. I don't think that one's going to change much. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Jazz Mavs, it, it comes down to whether or not
1: it's all Luca. Yeah. It's all on Luca. I mean, that
0: (laughs) that poor. Well, you know why he strained his calf, calf, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he's been carrying that team. (laughs) for the last month
1: this calf is back his <laughs> neck is all hurting
0: <laughs> I can't mean, feel my legs yeah
1: I can't feel my legs um I did get asked this question though too before I even came in I was talking with a buddy of mine kind of on the phone we're c- catching up and he, he he's a Atlanta Hawks fan I don't know why he is but you know you could choose a better team <sighs> listen I want to try and give credit to the Hawks as much as I can but they have too many guys that can lock down Trey and the thing is their whole their whole deal is now becoming lockdown down Trey and let the rest of the Hawks beat them. The, that Hawks team is not going to beat that Miami Heat team Miami, without Trey
0: Young. Miami is too defensively sound. Yeah. For it, I it's gonna be a sweep. I don't expect Trey to have another game like he had. Yeah. <laughs> the other night, right? But woo! I, yeah, I, Miami. They're gonna have that mentality once yeah. again of okay. Drop thirty-five, right? Drop yeah. forty, Trey. Yeah, nobody else is going to
1: score, right? Exactly, and and well, and that's the thing is like they'll even they even do their best too to make sure like that he's they're going to feel they're going to make him feel their presence, right? You saw it. If you didn't see him and Jimmy Butler were going at it. And Jimmy's not gonna back down from anybody. Jimmy doesn't care who you are. So <laughs> Jimmy absolutely doesn't Young, care. Credit to Trey Young. He did not back down at all either. He was getting like right in his chest, and I'm like, dude, you're like six inches shorter and you're like 20 pounds lighter. Do not fight this guy right
0: now. And Jimmy has better hair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is true. Please shave it. Just for the love of God. Go Kobe on us, guy. Come on, man. God, or, or at least like get the get the Steph Curry buzz cut you know get it close you know something man that, that, so i don't patchy. know if he can <laughs> it's true yeah he may have to go full shaving well
0: I, I i feel bad for him the other one that i feel bad for mm-hmm. tiger Did you see when Tiger took his hat off final (laughs) round? I was like, oh, Tiger, no. He
1: looks his age.
0: No, don't take it off. No.
1: He 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 looks like it looks like that stress has definitely been getting to him for sure.
0: So I mean, I get it, (laughs) but no, guys, no. But that being said, getting back to the basketball aspect of it. Right. Um I yeah, Miami's too good. Miami's way too good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean And, and the funny thing is you're not hearing anything about Lowry. No. At all. He's he's quietly playing just solid.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's doing exactly what Miami has needed him to do, right? Play the point, be the man in charge, be the leader that you are for this team because they have been looking for that consistency at that point guard spot for years now, and they finally have it with a guy in Kyle Lowry who's, by the way, still one of like the top 10 two-way point guards in the league. I mean with guys like Chris, he's right up there with like Chris Paul and Drew Holiday as those guys that can shut you down on one side and score the points. But he doesn't have to on this team and that's the great thing about it. So I this Miami team will be fine, but I think there obviously there will come a point I think where they do get outmatched because unfortunately, like there just comes that point with this team that it feels like they either tire out or they just they start missing shots or they're not playing their usual defense. And they just get outmatched by somebody. Somebody's gonna come in and, and ruin their day, unfortunately. And it might be my or Milwaukee again because I that, that my, darn <laughs> ya- Giannis. But I tell you what, done done there in the Milwaukee man, he's a he's a heck of a player, Giannis and son and whatever how you say his name. He's a heck of a player. It, I tell you, he's the it, tallest building in Milwaukee. I gotta say, it, listen, it's it's. I want to give a lot of credit as much as I can to the Bulls. It's just, yeah, it's I just gonna, don't, it's going to be, I give them at least one game at home.
0: Come on.
1: One game at home. If they can
0: steal one in Milwaukee,
1: that'd it, be great. It, it, will that's change, momentum. it will
0: change the complexion of that series. That's
1: momentum. If you can do that and you can shut down the better guys on that team doing that as well. That's a statement. Even if that's the one win you get, that's a statement for next year. Damn that it. Levine. Yeah. it. <laughs> So close, man. Come on. Uh, if only they were better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's going to be it for the NBA. But, folks, we've got the best segment in all of media, entertainment, whatever you want to say. It's You're Killing Me, Smalls. So, if you had a moment that said You're Killing Me, Smalls, obviously hit us up on Blow Two Whistle One on social media. Let us know. It's coming up next here on Blow The Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Killing Me, Smalls. Let's- that's right, folks. It is time for the greatest segment in all of entertainment history. It is your killing me, Smalls. That was super growly, but I liked Thank it. Thank you. I, I, I've been practicing my Raiders talk there for <laughs> you, ladies and gents.
0: <laughs> your Raiders talk or your wrestling promos? <laughs> oh, yeah. A little bit of
1: both, you know. Uh, yes. Uh, El- Fluff Daddy Guapo will be the character Ooh, that you'll be seeing yeah. here. Bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, folks. It's time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's time for never Snap into a Slim Jim. So, if you have... Have anything that you want to say You're killing me Smalls about Ladies and gentlemen That's right You come and talk to me Yeah that's right Oh yeah that's right Yeah (laughs) Please let us know That's pretty good Thank you Thank you I've I've been practicing
0: <laughs> he's in, every morning ladies and gentlemen voices, he's in folks. the mirror for like 30 minutes just doing his impressions. Yes,
1: I have many voices <laughs> in my head. You don't know what they're saying, but they're there. Uh so obviously let us know what you got saying you're killing me smells on blow whistle one social media. We want to hear from you guys. David, you want to start it off my man? Ha. Huh. <laughs> So many options how, right now.
0: No, there's, oh, only, you have there's only one. There's only one. You have only one. There's oh, only one. Interesting. And unfortunately, he's an, another one of those <laughs> former Duke players. Oh no. Hey, uh, Kyrie, <laughs> how you doing? <sighs> did you really think that? Like, okay, so no. Let 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 let's get into what what Kyrie did yesterday. Yeah. Flipping the bird multiple times mm-hmm. to the fans of Boston. Oh, yeah. I don't have a big problem with that because he was probably getting the bird sent to him first.
1: <laughs> For sure.
0: React- reactionary. Right. I get that. My problem is that with the press conference after. Ah, uh, yes. Going, it, it, there's no aggression towards that. No, dude, that is an aggressive form of... Of body language, right? Flipping someone the bird is an aggressive statement. Mm. It is full of aggression. <laughs> For you to sit there and go, that's that's it's reactive, reactionary, not aggressive. That's not aggressive at all. <laughs> you're sitting there, flipping the bird, doing the boohoo sign. Yeah, <laughs> you're egging
1: them on. I mean. But
0: it's not aggressive. Yeah. Come on, dude. Really? Uh, Come on, Kyrie. You went to Duke. I know you, you, you've you got some intellectual kind of superiority towards other people. Now, granted, you know, I'm sure it's not the people that aren't athletes that get into Duke Mm -hmm. kind of SAT scores, but there, there is a standard at Duke that you have to meet to be an athlete there. Yeah. So you are an intelligent person. So for you to say that it wasn't an aggressive action, you are full of poppy cuckoo. (laughs) And you may be a little cuckoo, (laughs) but that's okay. I just want you to own up to it being an aggressive Form, I, I don't even know the right words. Yeah, I, like it's an aggressive <laughs> act. Right, it's an aggressive physical act. Mm-hmm. It's not verbal; it's a physical act to flip somebody off. Yeah, like absolutely. You're saying, "Go frig yourself, yeah. dude!" <laughs> like, if he
1: was in the NFL, it'd be called taunting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but see, and here's the here's the crazy thing, like. Any other time, if it wasn't the playoffs, he'd be suspended for a game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see what the NBA does.
1: Probably a big fine. I would I would wager it has to be... You have to find him more than what you did, Patrick Beverly. And he got a $30,000 fine for his little celebration antics in Minnesota. Granted, obviously that was explosive too, but still.
0: Minnesota. Yes, in Minnesota. But for just completely... Being an absolute, I don't even know Looney. mental case, and saying that it was not a, an aggressive act, Kyrie Irving, I give you a big old. You're killing me, Smalls.
1: Unbelievable! Like he really loves the bad guy vibes.
0: I think at oh, this point, I, I, I'm starting to think it's a Duke thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's possible he might. Mason be-
0: Plumley loves being a bad guy. <laughs> Grayson Allen, well, we all know about Grayson Allen.
1: <laughs> well, then, he likes being the bad guy, but he doesn't realize he's not hes not the Joker. He's kind of like that side character that you always hear about in Batman characters you don't really care about. He <laughs> he's just, Harley he, Quinn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can I help you then, Mr. K? <laughs> there you go, fucks. <laughs> All right, um, what you got, buddy? So mine has to do with the NBA playoffs as well. So sweet, yeah. Uh, if you don't know, obviously, game one we were just talking about the Wolves and the uh, and uh, the Grizzlies. Very good game. At some point, the game had to come to a stop because it had <gasps> oh, appeared that's right, yep, that a woman <laughs> that had chained herself to the basketball hoop. I'm not kidding here, folks. Uh, this is Zoe Rosenberg of a protest group called Direct Action Anywhere, uh, which actually she is in- Sounds like an insurance company. I know, right? Insurance claims company. It's actually D-X-E. That's how their, the little logo is or whatever. That's like their short name for it. Uh- She's actually connected with the same woman, uh, the woman named Alyssa Centurio, who you may have heard of, who was the woman that was glued to the floor in their playing game the week before. Nice. This is a protest group that is protesting Glenn Taylor for owning an egg farm in Iowa because he killed roughly around three point, no, no 5 million chickens or so because apparently there was some sort of uh, bird flu going around. And... They eradicate. Uh, obviously, they got rid of some chickens, I guess. Is, and they're protesting this, so they're throwing flyers and stuff. This woman is chained to the, the basketball hoop protesting. She's the only one out there. Another woman's gluing herself to the floor. I don't understand. Like, what are we twelve? Like, what's going on here? Like this. These are the weirdest ways to protest. Granted, I get it. You want to get your voice heard across, but you're still getting hauled off to jail, lady. See, Un, it's unbelievable that this happened and you see the players and Jaws going like what the hell's going on over there? Like this like, and this and apparently like Jaron Jacket was like somebody's trained to, the, trained to the best and he goes for what? And then she threw flyers out and it said something about Glenn Taylor roasts animals or something like that, I guess, or something. I just listen, I am all un, for protesting. Get your word out, be heard, free speech, all that stuff. That's fine. Do you really feel like this is the best way to do it? Because unfortunately now, instead of like getting, I guess you're getting your voice out, but you're also being turned into a meme at this point. You're you're going to be, you've scattered the internet. People are already making videos, making fun of them with, you shall not pass and, and, and just all kinds of stuff are being used at this point. I, I just don't understand
0: it. Now this is the Memphis's own.
1: No, this is the Wolves owner, Wolves Glenn owner. Taylor. Okay, okay. Uh, who I also I completely forgot about this. He'll be passing over his ownership to Alex Rodriguez very soon. Completely forgot about that. Uh, I, I I had no idea he was in this business. Again, if you feel that way, congratulations. I like chicken myself, as you can probably tell. If you could see me, my size, uh, you'll probably catch me on Blow the Whistle and X-Bomb. And then you can say like, yeah, he really does love chicken. Yeah, I loved it fried. I loved it uh, barbecued. Doesn't matter. I do love my chicken. So I love it too, lady. I, I'm right there with you. Like, But obviously, if those chickens were, you know, filled with whatever kind of disease, you got to go, you know. Uh, but it, wh- whichever ones weren't, I would say pass them on over. Let's cook them up and let's have some... Uh, Let's get some fried chicken going over here. I don't know. All I got to say is to the, to the two ladies, props to you for trying to protest. But to be quite honest, I don't think it's going to do much on this level because it's the NBA playoffs – and quite frankly, it's still Memphis and it's still Minnesota at the end of the day. It's not two high profile teams, it's two high profile cities. So, to you, I say, I say to direct uh, anywhere, the group that they're from, I say to you both You're killing me, Small. Just unbelievable. So,
0: what you're saying is the Minnesota Timberwolves owner committed chicken side?
1: <laughs> Pecticide. That was a really foul joke. <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> I thought it was excellent. You want to keep hearing puns, folks? Listen, okay, so there is a guy who comes on the BetQL network that got blown up on Twitter because he had a conversation about um, chicken wings. Okay. He thought they grew back. Huh?
1: (laughs) not even joking. What is it, like a lizard's tail? Is that what he thought? I, I,
0: I, I can only assume. What? Yeah. So, you know, there, there are people out there no, that are just not like
1: serious, right? Yeah. This
0: can't be serious. No, he was dead serious. You know, he just, what? it's, it's one of those things that you don't really think about. And then somebody brings it up and you're like, well, they grow them back. Don't they and kiss? No one ever really, <laughs> no one ever really thinks about the fact that like a lot of chickens are getting killed for wings. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean
1: it's it's not just the wings. Bro. I'm sure the other parts the get yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure the
0: other parts get used, but like Come I mean, on. Yes, it's
1: Buffalo Wild Wings, not <laughs> Buffalo's Wild Chicken. Like <laughs> we get it. Like there's more to it. Obviously. Although they do
0: have a great fried chicken spicy fried chicken sandwich. They do. They they very much
1: do. They they're good with that chicken there, mm-hmm. but obviously they're focused on, How do you, What do you mean they they grow back? <laughs>
0: I'm just, it's not like a lizard's tail. It's not like a <laughs> I'm Just telling you, dude. A, what? like it was like the most the most reaction he's ever gotten on Twitter, and he was just like, "I." I is this I the don't same mean, kind
1: of person that thinks they can fly?
0: No, because I would love he's, that. He's a very very knowledgeable dude when it comes to sports. <laughs> like, and that's the funniest part that's, about it. Like, well, that's he, the thing
1: is that their knowledge about sports, not farm animals. Well,
0: and it's just one of those things. He <laughs> he said it, and after I think probably after he said it, he went oh. go <laughs> So, and of course, it, somebody, somebody's always listening. So yeah, unless, it, unless you're on Sports Sound Chicago. Yeah.
1: If you pull off the chicken's wings, they just grow back. Right. What about the others on a cow? Boom. They just come right back on. Right. That's how it works in a farm. Right.
0: That's just utterly ridiculous. <laughs>
1: All right, we're really milking this joke now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for you, Killing Me Smalls. If you enjoyed our puns for the farm, and if you want to hear any more of it, obviously... some punny guys! You guys can keep listening on here. Again, hit us up on social media at Blow2Whistle1, and also hit us up, blow 2 Radio at gmail.com. We hear... Questions, comments, anything like that, hit us up at Blow, whistle, or blow whistle. Hit us up with "You're Killing Me Smalls" because we do have the TV show tomorrow, Absolutely. two thirty to three thirty. So if you have any more "You're Killing Me Small" stuff, send us to there, and we will we will read them on the air live tomorrow on the on the TV show site. But when we do come back here, folks, uh, we are obviously going to be getting into dose Yes, that's right. What the deuce. What the deuce. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we do come back, it is going to be NFL-filled. Plus, we got about to talk about that north side and south side. That's right, baseball, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be preview- previewing all of that, plus so much more right here on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. <laughs> That's right, folks. We are kicking it here in SportsTownChicago.com. It is Blow the Whistle. I'm Andrew Valentine here with David Dykstra. Of course, you guys can hit us up on our social media, Whistle one Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We're bringing you our two. That's right. We got a lot to talk about here. Uh, Maybe do a little bit of rehashing. We'll see what we got, folks. Uh, We do have... The NFL, of course, that we're going to be hitting off with. Plus, of course, we got to talk about that baseball and when it comes to the White Sox and the Cubs to see how they're doing in on their season. And like I said, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll revisit some topics from past ago. We will see at the top of the hour. At
0: the Yes. we will At the next top of the yes, hour.
1: We will see uh, how it all goes down, ladies and gents. But uh, let's kick this off. Yes. The NFL draft, ladies and gentlemen.
0: No, no, no. Let's, let's, no. let's talk about the big <laughs> okay. the big story. Yes. Mr. Mr. <laughs> the new Mr. Wan Wang. <laughs> oh, do we have to? I mean, I find it very interesting that Carolina is in on Baker Mayfield. Well To a point, yeah. I To a point.
1: I would say I think the the move for Baker. So yeah, obviously if you haven't heard uh Let's kind of kick it back to last week a little bit, shall we? Just yeah. real quick for everybody to know. So Baker went on a podcast called the YNK Podcast, really kind of like spilled the tea out, really kind of let it loose, said the Browns did him dirty. They said one thing, then they do another. He obviously was then, It's business. Yeah, he was talking about the fans, and obviously he's like, how would you like it if I came to your cubicle and booed you? And it's like, okay, if you want to like do Like if that, he really fine. wanted
0: to be an a-hole about it, though, he yeah. could have been like, oh, it must be nice to want a guy who's... <laughs> Sexually assaulted twenty two different women over a guy who's married. <laughs> allegedly, like, though. Allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. Um, yes. Allegedly, Deshaun. Allegedly. Allegedly,
1: allegedly he likes uh, he likes the Browns in more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, obviously, then Baker uh, now is being pressed upon on where he's going to go. He also said that he thought the Seahawks are going to be his best bet. It sounds like the Seahawks are going to go with Drew Locke. Obviously, I think they have other plans involved for that right now. I don't right even now.
0: think the Seahawks are going to go with Drew Locke, if you want my honest opinion. There's a lot of talk that they might
1: maybe be looking like elsewhere. Not obviously, not, not just in the draft, but you mentioned that, obviously, they're bringing back a certain somebody.
0: I think Geno Smith's their guy. If you want my honest I everybody wants to laugh at Only it. Only but- the
1: Jets have ever said that, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> only only the Jets And that was for like a season I think he's matured In the years that he's been in Seattle Yeah I, He looked good when he replaced Russell He knows the system I mean he, he's he got
1: He's still got the skill to play quarterback I don't know if he's got it to play in an elite I level I don't think they're looking for any
0: Are, are they, are, they for, are, <laughs> are Listen
1: Let's be real here to They're looking Andrew. for five wins Are they
0: looking for elite level this year? No they're looking for five
1: wins They're looking for four five For the five love of wins. God
0: Next thing you know They'll be bringing back Marshawn Lynch and Steve Largent don't rule that out just yet. They might do that. Steve Largent and I will rule out. <laughs> yeah, <much. laughs> probably. But I can understand why Baker Baker's choice of destination would be Seattle. Oh, yeah. Because obviously you've got two great wide receivers there. You've got a coach that's been... But will really they have the those two great wide receivers by the end uh, of the draft? That's, that's a, good, a real That's good a good question.
1: question that obviously is going to stay. But yes, now he's being connected to Carolina. Obviously... It kind of makes sense because I mean, listen, Sam Darnold. I know, I know you're a big fan of his in in the sense that you don't think he's ever gotten a fair chance because he got hurt last year. And I and I contend with that as well. But I, I I get where they're coming from. They're looking at him, saying he was the number one pick in that draft. He has shown the ability to get to the playoffs with this team. I mean, not really because of him, but obviously he's played well when they've gone to the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. So
0: that team doesn't hinge on quarterback play. No, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not realized this, yeah. <laughs> My big issue is Carolina is still paying Cam Newton. Right. They're still paying for Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. <laughs> They're still paying for Stan- Sam Darnold. Right. So you're saying you want to go out and pay for Baker Mayfield, too?
1: Yeah, that's $18 million he's owed this next season. So if you want to put that on your books, by all means, go for it. But uh, Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, (laughs) (laughs) really expressed his opinion by when uh, when uh, the question came up of care or the info came up of Carolina on Twitter of him obviously being connected with Carolina. And he he basically said no with like seven O's at the end of it with a period to make it a statement, by the way. But
0: (laughs) in all honesty, though, yeah. Is Robbie Anderson really the guy that you got to placate to on that team as far as wide receivers?
1: No, that would probably be DJ Moore.
0: That'd probably be... I haven't heard squat from DJ, have right.
1: you? Right. Well, and here's the thing. Robbie Moore is a very outspoken wide receiver, right? He's a very outspoken player kind of in general. We, we've kind of learned that now from his years of being in New York yeah. and kind of being like, how do you think the Jets are doing? And he goes... I mean, I think I'm playing pretty well. I can't really speak for everybody else, but he's like, I'm playing pretty well. Um, so <sighs> I, I think DJ Moore, though, is the kind of more quiet guy. And honestly, it's all going to come down to what Matt Rule feels is best for this team, right? Because at this point, I don't think you can say we've got Christian McCaffrey full on, full You're go. not
0: going to. He hasn't played a full season in 10 games in two years. Yeah.
1: You're not going to get everything that Christian McCaffrey has. I still think they should consider trading him. At this point, because because right now this team is kind of like in a they don't want to say rebuild, but they're in a they're in a point where they have to really think about what do we have that we can build around? You have DJ Moore, You have a couple of key pieces on defense that you can work with. Other than that, it's really kind of just a mishmash of other guys that you can drop one way or another and not look the other way.
0: Here's the problem with the whole let's trade McCaffrey issue. Yeah, they're never going to get what they want. No, Ever. They will never get a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey. I, I guarantee you, if I'm a GM of a NFL franchise, mm-hmm. the most I'm going to give for Christian McCaffrey is a third and a fourth.
1: I would probably say there's at least one team that would probably bite on a second. A second, possibly and that'd probably but. be
0: Houston, <laughs> just
1: because just because Houston just seems to really love its running backs kind of situation. So
0: let me let me ask you this: yeah. going going forward and and focusing on the quarterback issue. Of the Panthers. Okay. Who fits that system better? As a quarterback? Malik Willis. Because now we're, we're going to get yeah, into the draft go here for the in draft, a little bit. Yeah. Tease. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> who do you believe fits that system better? Malik Willis or Pickett?
1: I would honestly. Here's the thing. I think, I think both have the benefit of fitting into that system for Matt Rule. As far as what you're looking at with that team right now, I do think Pickett works because he is, in his own regard, he can throw the ball deep, but you don't really need Malik Willis's arm because the only guy that you've got to go down the field with is DJ Moore. And Kenny Pickett's still got a decent arm. He can still go downfield to DJ Moore. Moore's one of those receivers that can it's easily It's just not going to be on
0: his tighter rope.
1: No, exactly. So, But you're going to get accuracy with him. And I think he's also got leadership skills that you can use and say, that's how we build our future. This is the kind of guy we need to center around. So now you have that building block.
0: The greatest comparison explanation I got for the differences between the two. Mm-hmm is that Pickett is the more quarterback-ready-to-play-this-season kind of quarterback. Yeah. But the ceiling is the floor. Right. You're getting what you get when you look at Kenny Pickett. Right.
1: there, There is, there is very little that he's going to grow with, I think, at this point. I don't think he's going to fall off either. I think yeah. you're going to say, if anything... He's gonna probably sit just above guys like Ryan Tannehill because he's got a little bit. I was better gonna say arm. top fifteen. He could probably be there. Yeah, I would. I could think. I could see him kind of becoming a Kirk Cousins with a little bit more size to him, if you will. Kind of in that realm. <sighs> yeah, I, I know. I, I it's not really something to like wish for, but it's kind of where I see him at at this point, right? At least at this point, coming in as a rookie, you can probably say Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, because he's got athleticism. He's got an arm. He's got accuracy, and he certainly has leadership skills as a veteran quarterback going into this draft. So there's a lot to be desired there, and you need that with Carolina right now. You don't have somebody who can be the voice on that offense and step into that role. Sam Darnold's good, but let's be honest, he's not a— He's not a bang-on-my-chest kind of guy. I'm the leader. No. Baker is a guy who's going to bang on his chest and be the leader, but he's also going to be he's the gonna, guy that says this, says he's that. He's going to tweak some people off. Right, exactly. And he's already got Robbie Anderson being like, ah, no, dude, you come here, we're fighting. So he didn't say that, but, you know.
0: And, and with Malik, it's the floor is what it is right now, right. but that ceiling could be— It goes through the roof. Could he, be
1: He could easily be bigger Russell Wilson. That's I, easily what I he could be. I was going to
0: say bigger bigger Kyler. No. <laughs> uh what? bigger uh oh my gosh, I <laughs> blanked. We're not going to get the name out folks. Ah, Baltimore Ravens.
1: Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, with a better arm.
1: Yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's with like a better a, arm, yeah. with
0: with with a bigger arm. Yeah. I
1: could yeah, I could definitely see that. It, it, I listen, Malik Willis right now I do think is the top quarterback in this class <coughs> you you hear that Atlanta <laughs> seriously though going I mean any team that's going to take this kid if you don't have a quarterback he can be your like step in go to start over I'm sorry Marcus Mariota fine but I think Malik Willis could win that job I mean I, Sam look, Darnold's fine but I think Malik Willis can win that job
0: I, I'm going to sit here and say I wouldn't have an issue with Atlanta drafting in like I said we're going to get into this even more in depth in this next segment but yeah. like I wouldn't have a problem with Atlanta drafting Malik Willis saying no. listen dude we know your talent yeah we want you to get acclimated to the professional game absolutely well and that's and sit for a year and learn cuz yeah I have got a feeling Marcus Mariota knows what his role is going to be in Atlanta. Right, he comes out and says all the right things. I'm here to win. I'm here to do, be the starting quarterback moving forward. Yeah, but the writing's on the wall, man. You're you're close to thirty, if not over thirty, at this point.
1: I think he's about to hit thirty here soon. Him and Jameis, I think, are the same age. So you're
0: on the other side, bro. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> But this is a draft, too. I mean, again, like you said, we're going to get into this more. This is a draft that all these teams, I think, are looking at and saying, okay, these are projects. These are guys that in two, three years down the line, they're going to become the guys that you need them to be. Or they're not, Right. They're going to either develop or they're going to not. There's no guarantee this guy's going to be something special. If there is anybody close to that, it's probably Malik Willis. And even then, that's not a certified guarantee. He's just got the highest upside right now, I would say, of any of these quarterbacks. And that's just saying that right now. We don't know. Who knows what team? You go to a certain situation, it could certainly solve your issues and make you better, get the right coach, all that kind of stuff, right? So,
0: The interesting statement that I've heard from Carolina is that Baker was one of Many options that they are exploring at the moment. So what it's going, it's going to be. Well, you got Sam sticking with Sam Darnold. Yeah, going and getting Baker. Yeah, and paying four quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, <laughs> or drafting a quarterback.
1: Yeah, or you could go get Jimmy. I guess too. If- I,
0: I, I think he, <laughs> I'm honestly starting to think the 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 the, the scuttlebutt on on Jimmy G yeah has completely just died out so yeah. i just think that's a dead issue at this point
1: if you want to just just real quick this the quarterback situation if you want to know it's a saturated quarterback market you either have your young star or you have a superstar quarterback. It's going to be hard to find a market for a guy like Baker. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, we've already kind of previewed it. The NFL Draft, it's coming up in a week. Who's taking what? Who's going where? A lot of top athletes are going to be going into the NFL here, and we're going to be talking about it next here on Blow the Whistle on SportsDialChicago.com. Look. You had one pick in the NFL draft. Who you taking? So I ask you, all the fans, blow the whistle. Hit us up. Blow T Whistle One on social media. Who you taking? I don't have a rap for this. I'm sorry, (laughs) Yes, that's right. The NFL Draft, 2022 NFL Draft is officially here. And I just asked the question: Who you picking? with the number one overall pick. And obviously, look, there's a ton of picks in here. The draft is happening April 28th, Thursday. It is going down. We're going to find out who these teams are picking. I love the NFL draft. As many, if you don't know this, folks, uh, college football obviously is 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 something that David lives, in, lives for, obviously, and I do as well. I love watching these guys kind of go from college to the pros. And this is it. So, yeah, to all the listeners out there, How do you feel the draft's going to go out? Who do you think is going to go number one to Jacksonville? How do you see the top 10 poison out? Answer all those questions to us again. Blow Whistle one on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys think for the draft. David, obviously. There's a lot that we can talk about here. We could go forever on the NFL draft for sure. But with the upcoming picks, I mean, what are you feeling like is going to happen with this number one pick? And how do you feel, I mean, not even just the number one pick, but also then too, who do you feel are like the top key guys in this draft that are going to be like, you, you cannot miss on these players kind of guys.
0: Ooh, Aiden Hutchinson, of course.
1: <laughs> guy's a beast an absolute beast of a, of a defensive lineman uh, from the University of Michigan. He's probably the only guy, at least from my perspective, that I've said that feels like he can be the next J.J. Watt. I mean, I just saw, I think it was uh, on uh, NFL Network on the morning show, they were saying that somebody somebody was saying that I, he, they think he's a better athlete than the Bosa brothers. And that's a statement. That's that's saying a lot because Nick and Joey are clearly two of the top defensive ends, I think, right now in the league. But Aiden Hutchinson is an absolute monster of a player. I mean, what, 16 and a half sacks, I think, with uh, Michigan. Obviously led them to a great run to make the college football playoff. That defense was incredible. incredible. So uh, clearly one of the top players, I think, in this draft, bar, bar none. So uh I really want to try and root for Kyle Hamilton. I really do. He's
0: dropped so
1: much. He's falling out, and that might just be because success when it comes to safeties. Because what Derwin James is the last guy that really kind of has come off the ground as far as the safety goes. You know, because I think and that's the thing is like it's either Jamal Adams, where it's like yeah he's fine, but he's not exactly an impact player anymore, right? Or it's a guy like Derwin James or something that's going to be, like, showcasing his talent to you. So, I and I mean, he's big, and he could play linebacker, right, because he's 6'4", 220, something like that. So he could be like Isaiah Simmons for Clemson and maybe convert to a linebacker. But he's he's extremely talented, and obviously, when it comes to this draft, you know, who needs a safety more than ever, right, when you can find a guy in the later rounds, maybe somebody from Penn State. I don't know. I'm just uh, – I'm just spitballing on that one there, but I, listen, there's a lot of guys in here. I I want to talk about one though in particular,
0: okay? Because this is
1: the one guy that you and me we've had a lot of conversations on. It's Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, <laughs> now I, I there's a lot of people that obviously kind of jump back and forth. Is he talented? Absolutely. Kids got top five talent written all over him, but. I think his mindset, as much as he is very showboat and I'm going to beat my chest a little bit, and I'm all for that, I just don't know if I can feel like confident in saying that taking him top five guarantees you you're going to get a premier pass rusher in the league for years to come. Because if you're saying you're Devion Clowney 2.0, I feel like you're really kind of setting, you're setting the bar at a level that it, it, it's not exactly where you want it to be. Nothing against Clowney. He's a fine pass rusher for what he is, but he's never he's he's not anywhere near the hype that he was as a number one overall pick.
0: I mean, it makes sense why the Texans would want him then.
1: <laughs> Very true, yes. Um, From Mario Williams to on Clowney to like, K-Month. Uh, yeah.
0: To me, he's probably the one that I fear the most about being a bust. Yeah. It, and he did the— he High did, risk, high reward well, kind of thing. not only that, but he did the Josh Rosen. Yeah, I'm the best player in the draft. Anybody who doesn't draft me will regret it. Yeah, no,
1: that always comes back to people in the butt. I'm sorry, it always does. That's why Ahmad Gardner would just kept it at. I think I'm the best player in the draft.
0: There's like so, there's so many things that could go down. Yeah, and not just. I've heard rumors that you know Detroit might be looking to move. Out of that two spot, there has
1: been talk. Yeah, they could be especially looking to get if they more can't,
0: picks. especially if they can't get Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, which is who they want.
1: Oh yeah, well Dan Campbell already came out and said that he feels like Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy that doesn't fit his culture. Well, of course not. So he's out at number he two. He wants it sounds team like. players. He right. doesn't
0: want an eye guy.
1: Yeah, and let's be honest, Aiden Hutchinson, local Michigan kid, turns into the star at Michigan, plays for the Lions. You can't get better at not only selling the tickets but probably improving your team as well. Like you're getting you're killing two birds with one stone. Please nobody chain themselves to our wall to say that we're, you know, oh, you're killing two birds with one stone. We don't need that protest going on in here. But uh honestly, I I think I Detroit might be in the best part best move would be to probably move down. Maybe do it with the Saints. I mean, they got two first round picks that are just sitting there. Why not just trade down and possibly load the team with three first round picks at that point, you know? It's it's if you can't get Hutchinson, if the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Aiden Hutchinson, which to me I don't think they should. Nothing against Hutchinson. Hutchinson, it's not that he's not worth the first round number one pick. There's just other needs you need. By the way, you have a quarterback, <laughs> Jay,
0: a franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. It seems like everybody's sold on Akeem Ik- Ikwanu from NC State. Yeah. And watching his tape, he is. By far, I think the most technically sound, well-rounded offensive tackle in the Most pro-ready. Yes, most pro-ready, absolutely. Evan Neal is a good pick, but he's just a giant athlete. Just a giant athlete, a mountain of a man. Still worth a top five pick. Might be worth the number one pick. But between the, I, I'll ask you, David. Between the two of them, I know you haven't really seen ekwanu play probably too much. Oh yeah, I have. Oh, you have. Okay, oh, yeah. okay. okay. Just, I've done I, my due diligence. I, there's sir. a lot of people that are like, well, we saw Evan Neal play because obviously Bama, what, you know. But like a lot of people don't know about this kid. But uh, out of the two of them, who do you feel would be probably better for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or really anybody who's picking a tackle like the first tackle off the board,
0: Ekwane. Okay, I, I, I most pro ready. Yeah going to guard that blind side like no other, mm-hmm. and, and that's what you want. That's mm-hmm. that's what you have to to realize yeah. is that this is what you're trying to say. It, it boggles my mind. Yes, could Aiden Hutchinson be that franchise-defining defensive player for you? Mm-hmm. Yes, but do you really need him on Jacksonville? Right. Eh, not necessarily because Jacksonville's already a decent defensive team. Yeah. So that being said, why would you not, why would you not make that play and, and go and get yourself some protection for that franchise quarterback that you drafted? Number one, not only that, but you have your second round pick or was it first late first round last year? I think it was second round.
1: Uh, yes. Travis uh, yes. ATN mm-hmm.
0: is coming back Late off his of injury. Yep. Why would you not want to solidify that offensive line to give Travis ATN holes, who is a game-breaking running back if he gets into open space?
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, too, you've got James Robinson, who when he comes back from his injury, you're going to have a one-two punch with those two running backs. Oh, yeah. Coming out of the backfield as a receiver and, and I would as almost a
0: bet ATN is going to be the third down... Back.
1: He'll be the specialty guy for the time being. Yeah, I mean, and, and then,
0: eventually we'll probably take over.
1: I would, I would either assume he takes over, or he's going to be splitting time to the point where it's like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, which is kind of how I see those two as like okay, Robinson's the power back, and then Etienne's going to be like the I can do everything kind of running back, right? And both can easily be Pro Bowl players. I think in that regard, the guy that I, the interesting one in the draft for me. Also, uh, I mean, we talked about quarterbacks here. I mean, Malik Willis, where will he go? All of that stuff. Between quarterbacks and wide receivers, it's kind of a toss-up on where these guys are going to go because it seems like... There are certain teams that, you know, we hear like Pittsburgh, like, well, maybe Pittsburgh will take a quarterback, but now they're getting labeled as an offensive line. And then you're hearing, well, the Saints may take a wide receiver, but now the Saints may go for a quarterback because of the trade with the Eagles. There's so much that's kind of like up in the air as far as how these teams are going to go. Um, I, I will say that the obviously, and I want to talk about him because I know he makes you upset. Uh, Chris Olave, I know you don't like him. I know you, and, and I want and, and explain to the people what it is about Chris Olave that you don't like. I want to, I want the people to hear, what, and I want you to explain to me also too what it is about him you don't like. He
0: never jumps off the screen for me. Okay, he he's got speed. Yeah, great. Right, speed will get you just so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want. Let's see the route running. Right. Let's see the hands. In in a in a slant where a guy's coming at you, right? Uh, he seems to me to be the type of wide receiver that gets gator arms, yeah. And, and to me, that that's scary, especially if you're going to go first round with him, right? I would. Th- th- his best scenario is is ending up with Justin Fields. I would hate that for Chicago, <laughs> but Justin knows how to throw to him,
1: right? He's Played with him most of his career, so helped him become the all one of the all time leading receivers. So obviously that was that's a big part of it. So yeah, I mean, I I understand where your criticism is coming from. Here is the thing: I watched his pro day, I watched his combine stuff. He looks like he could be a really good wide receiver. I think it's a high-risk, high-reward thing. It's a very high-boom-or-bust thing with him, right? It's a matter of what system do you go to. Do you go to a team that already has a quarterback that is set in stone at the starting spot? Or are you going to go to a team where there's a lot of, eh, well, we're still trying to feel it out as far as who the starter's going to be? Or you have a young guy that's still trying to feel his best mark out? Obviously now more than ever, it seems like people are gonna try to do the whole Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase thing, because that really that really worked out for the Bengals. Shocker, of course. Yeah. You know your guy. It makes sense. Like, right? I mean, you've got Jalen Waddle with Tua. You've got Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith. You got guys paired up with each other that know each other. It helps out a lot. Chemistry is big between the two of them. So I get it. I I will say this though. Uh if you're looking for the wide receiver that's going to shine. I still think it's Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to be Devontae Adams 2.0. I really do. Uh, I think he's going to be something special. Well, folks, that's going to do it for this part of the NFL draft. We'll have a lot more to come because it's just around the corner. But when we do come back here, folks, it's time to get into that baseball talk, and we're kicking it to the south side right here on Blow the Whistle on SportsTownChicago.com. White Sox! White Sox! Ladies and gentlemen, let's go White Sox, indeed! And welcome everybody here to blow the whistle here on SportsTownChicago.com. I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra. Yes, the White Sox, folks, you gotta love them. If you even if you hate them, you got to watch them because they are playing like one of the best teams in baseball, folks. Uh, currently, as it stands right now with the White Sox, uh, their game is postponed here against the Guardians. Looks like uh, I don't. I actually have no idea if they're going to be playing here today or not. I would guess probably a reschedule, but. For the White Sox, as they stand right now, they are in first in their division as the team with the only winning record in the AL Central. That's right, the Sox are six and three. Everybody else four and five, four what? and five. What the Guardians and came six. back to Earth, right? I know, shocker. Um, yes, yeah, so the White Sox have just been doing an incredible job. Congrats to the Southside team for Chicago. But I ask all the fans this, and then I ask you, David, this: uh, What do you? F- what do you all think so far? We've gone through nine games now with the Sox. We will get to game 10 here at some point. But what are your thoughts so far on how the Sox have looked through these first few games? How do you feel the pitching has done? How do you feel the hitting has been so far? Hit us up, blow to whistle one on social media. Let us know what you guys think. David, what are your thoughts for the White Sox thus far?
0: I mean, small sample size. Yeah. Being what it is, uh, the White Sox are who they thought we were. Yes. We were. <laughs> I mean, the, the pitching's a little bit of a concern. Mm-hmm nothing to freak out about but w- without Lance Lynn now Giolito's on the shelf for a little bit right. with a little bit of <clears throat> I just don't know I it, it, to me that it's too early right i so it's far very soon. so far so good yeah uh the like we talked about on Friday the the bullpen looks great mm hmm Hendricks is who Hendricks is. <laughs> yes. And, and this team looks to be solidified. So, and and I think when, when AJ Pollock comes back, things will get even better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the biggest thing is the injuries right now have kind of been what's been hitting them left and right. I, obviously it was a little bit rough there against Tampa. I, I give them credit. They took two out of three against tampa but obviously in that third game the uh this past uh this past sunday nine to three was the final score not exactly where you want to be at but i mean listen it's still the rays we know the rays are very good they're very good at calculating baseball the fact that you were able to beat them twice and you know you you held on pretty strong against them you got to give some credit to chicago for being able to pull that off I'm in the same boat, though, with you. I think the pitching right now for the White Sox has kind of been up and down. Obviously, the injuries have been kind of plaguing them. Aaron Bummer's starting to worry me, though. He's really starting to worry me in the bullpen because he's been giving up runs. He's been throwing a lot of softies, it looks like, left and right for this team. So I'm a little bit concerned about where he's at right now as far as pitching goes. But I also feel like he will at some point start to pick it up. It's just... It's tough because obviously you you would hope that he was you're hoping that he was gonna be one of the clutch guys uh, for the team. So I I get it. I understand that people are gonna be frustrated with him, that people are not gonna be as happy with that whole situation. But overall I, I mean, and I will say this too for the hitting. I think Luis Robert you know, he's not he's under 200 right now on the average. He did not have a good day uh, this past Sunday. He was 0-4 uh, in the lineup, but he's still still an, an action starter for them, still playing very good out of his mind baseball. I mean, still very good defensively. Like you said, it's a small sample size. This team's just gotten started. We'll see more where they're at as the season progresses on. I, I, I don't know how you are, but I always say give it, what, 30 games, and you'll kind of get a good idea of where everybody's at. I feel like is, that's a kind of a good point to kind of be like a, all right, let's see kind of where they're at at 30 games. And then by 60 games, I would say is kind of like, all right, you are who you are at that point. I mean, what what do you think on that? I, I know it's a long season, but.
0: It's just, to me, like, I don't think there's anybody that's going to compete with them in that division. Yeah. So I want to see how they compete against the upper echelon of the American League. Right. The Toronto's. The, the the Yankees. Yes. Uh who else do we got? <laughs> <laughs> you know I, sorry American the, League. <laughs> Amer- American League East, basically. Yeah. I, I pretty mean much. that's your upper echelon. They played great against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Took the series. I mean and, and that's all that's all you ever really I, I say it every season, but yeah. and people I think kind of slacking. If you can win more series Lose series, right? You're gonna have a great season. I mean, you know, and I
1: guess we got to throw the Angels in there too. And you know, they're six and four right now. (laughs)
0: Doing that CPR on the bat really worked for him. So I
1: I mean, he's improving. His 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 is getting better. So you know, he's three home runs, seven RBIs right now. So he's he's getting back there. I, I I do think that as far as the American League goes, the White Sox should be able to compete with the rest of them right now. I mean. To me, they got the best. They got the best record in baseball because obviously they don't have that fourth loss on them right now. So you're going six and three right now. You're kind of sitting at the top. You've got a you've got a nice little outlook going for them. And like you said, the division at this point it's very weak. I, I've wa- watching because here's the thing. I've watched now more of the division just kind of analyze where the baseball scene's at. The Twins look like they can be competitive but they keep falling off at the very end. Like it, by the by, that seventh inning, they seem to kind of just lose some of their mojo. I don't feel it with Cleveland at all. You know, nice way to start it off, but I feel like they're just kind of, it's Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber and that's it. And that kid Quan that's kind of really stepped up for them that came out of the minors this year. Otherwise, I, they really don't have much. I mean, Kansas City and Detroit, they are what they are. Detroit, I think, might be able to have a little bit of a push, but it won't be a threat so I, I, I listen like you said it's early in the season it's a small sample size of what we're looking at at this team right now obviously not everybody's healthy once everybody's healthy and you get them back you'll see the full force of this team I think there's still I, I'm still saying there's there's a good chance they'll get 95 wins on this season they I, I think I think there's a great possibility for them
0: that's a that's a good I, I'd say that's a good Good total,
1: yeah. Because I, the only other teams I feel like that are going to actually be, like you said, a threat is coming from the AL East, and that's going to be probably the Yankees and the Cardinals, or not Cardinals, sorry, the the Blue Jays, Yeah, bird, you know, same thing. Um, they're all sitting in the tree chirping away. But I, I feel like the Blue Jays, I think, right. I mean, listen, Vlad looks like he's going to be an MVP. He's playing out of his mind. That whole team looks like they're solid across the board. The Yankees, they are what they are. They overpower people. That, but that's why, like, you look at the White Sox, like, between them and the Blue Jays, they've built their team through trading in the draft. I mean, they've done a really good job developing their talent, you know? And, and I think that speaks, that will speak volumes for where this team is at. You know, and a, and a lot of that I, I would say also, too, is credit to the North Side, you know, and give some credit to the Cubs for that because they developed that whole system of developing the young guys, bring them up, get the veteran arms, and kind of, Work with that in the mix, and I I, I think this team's going to be there. I I don't, I don't. There's no doubt in my mind that they have they have as best a shot as anybody to be in the World Series, to be at that level, playing for the Championship Series, things like that. I mean, they, they just they look clutch right now. They absolutely do.
0: Yeah, ebbs and flows though. Like right. like once again, great series against Tampa, but Tampa Bay's not playing well at all.
1: And, and this happens in the beginning of the season too. This happens all the time with Tampa. They don't start off always that great and then by the end of the season it's like how the hell did they get 92 wins? Like you like I still don't understand it half the time. So I I don't know, but yeah, like you said, it it, it could go either way on this, you know. It's it's just the beginning of it.
0: Yeah. Uh I I want to see the bullpen hold up. I want to see what this rotation looks like with everyone healthy. Yeah. There, there's a lot of variants right now that aren't a part of that White Sox team that right. are crucial. Lance Lynn, Giolito. Mm-hmm. I really think A.J. Pollock is going to be a huge contributor.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I I still think you can use A.J. Pollock as the reason to put Eloy Jimenez in the DH at some point. Yeah. just I And mean, not to take him off the field. It's not like he's been doing terrible. He's done his job. But I think at some point you're going to have to say, okay, we need to get more defense in the outfield. Uh, I also think, too, they're going to have to think about what to do at second base. Josh Harrison's fine. You know, Larry Garcia's fine. Having those guys there are fine. But you got to find somebody who can solidify that, that spot at second base. And that might mean having to go get a shortstop that can convert to a second baseman or something. I don't know. But I would like to see them kind of have – have that guy in that spot that you can say, okay, he'll be there for the next two or three years or something like that. That's a, that's a, I think that's a crucial thing that they're missing at this point in time. I, I mean, for you, David, I'll ask you this, and obviously to the fans too. Do you feel like there's a piece that the White Sox themselves have to go out and get? Do you feel like there's something that they might be missing that they may have to either trade for or move somebody up for? I mean, what, what are you thinking?
0: Uh, I Second base? Yeah, it's, that's, that's like the, their the one thing. That's their only like real kind of weakness is that second basement. Right. Um, but once again, you know, push comes to sho- shove late. I mean, you've got plenty of assets that you can get rid of to get a, yourself a legit second basement. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there, there's always need for relief. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether or not you've got the best relief, in the business or not, you're always going to want more. Yeah. I mean, case in point, last year they used him wrong, but they went out and got <laughs> Craig Kimbrel. Right. I'm going to beat that until it's dead.
1: I, that's fine, man. I, I get it. I totally do. Well, here's, I'll, I'll throw something because I didn't even think about this. Johan Mokata did play second before he moved to third. And Jake Berger has been pretty good for this team so far at third base. And I don't know how much of Mokata's played second at this point. I would assume probably not a lot. But if he's more than willing to kind of convert to being a second baseman again and give in it a shot, I would assume his time at playing at second is still there as well as his time at playing short also. What do you think about that move potentially saying, hey, Mokata, we're going to keep Berger at third. We're going to move you to second. You and Timmy are going to be sitting on there at second base kind of controlling that territory. What do you think about that? Do you like that? Do you think that maybe say they just keep him at
0: third? What are your thoughts? hey, hey, hey. I, I I don't know the ebbs and flows. It's gotta be somebody that fricks and fracks well with Tim Anderson. Right. Tim Anderson's the guy that makes the, the butter churn, as they like to say, <laughs> on that south side. Okay. So I mean, to me it, it's all about who works best with Tim Anderson.
1: Yeah. Chemistry is always key. I mean, people don't think about that a lot with baseball. I know it's kind of like, you just plug in that player and stuff. Have you seen a second baseman and a shortstop that don't work well together? Yeah. It's it's bad. It's where, that's where the ball goes flying out in the outfield because you're trying to do some trick shot to the shortstop. And then you got Brandon Phillips going like, what are you doing? And it's a little throwback for those who remember Brandon <laughs> Phillips in this situation. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for the south side. We're going to move it uptown to the north side. We're going to talk about them cubbies and what's been going down in In Chi-Town, right here on Sports Town Chicago's Blow the Whistle. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. It is, in fact, time to talk about those boys on the north side. Here on Sports Town Chicago's very own blow the whistle. I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra. And we are coming to you live, obviously, from the Atlanta Media School's great old studio here for Sports Town Chicago. Obviously, too, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hit us up, hit us up at the Whistle One on social media as well as Bloodsea Whistle Radio at gmail.com for any questions or comments. So we are talking about those boys on the north side, and surprisingly, they've been pretty competitive for the most part. Again, we've kind of talked about this before. They do this to us.
0: Early sample size, Yeah,
1: every every year yes early sample size they do this every year where they play really well at the beginning of the season and obviously things kind of taper off but so far I mean it's the it's the St. Louis Cardinals obviously in first place at five and three then it's the Cubs tied for second believe it or not folks with who would have thought the Pittsburgh Pirates both are sitting at five I know shocker right Uh, both are sitting at five and four yeah Uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good old uh, what's his name? He used to play for the Sox and the Cubs. Nah, I can't. I can't remember either. I think it was like uh, uh, Quaker Oatmeal, something like that. Um, I it's, it's hard to remember those names. But folks, I got a question for you, and then I'll ask it to you, David. Uh, with the Cubs starting five and four, obviously, as we have always said, it's been a pretty hot start. But do you think that there's a chance that the Cubs in this division of the of the NL Central do, is there a possibility that this team might be off to such a good enough start that they might be able to compete with the rest of this division going forward. What are your chances? What do you see the record being possibly by the all-star break? Again, hit us up, blow two with some one on all the social media. David, what do you think, man, for the Cubs? What are you feeling for
0: them? Honestly? On all honesty. <laughs> St. Louis is gonna be St. Louis. I think Milwaukee's gonna turn things around eventually. That pitching's their starting pitching is way too good not to. Yeah. Uh it's gonna be a battle between them Cincinnati and in Pittsburgh for three four five,
1: okay. So you seeing them competing in that middle range possibly to stay out of it the, could be the it seller. could be
0: well it could either be middle range it, it's one or the other. Mm. I, I don't see kind of like last year. Okay, nice start. We're yeah. playing well. We're in first place, and then all of a sudden, ah, <laughs> they like they fell out of the sky. <laughs> they. They wily coyote it. Acme, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, hey. I want to see how this young pitching develops from mm-hmm. them. Steel has been fantastic so far.
1: Yeah, Steel. and Smiley too. I will give credit to both of those and, guys. And, and
0: Smiley, Smiley's a, a young veteran.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yeah. what I like
0: to call young veteran.
1: He he's young in the soul. Yes, <laughs> maybe not on the ages, but they both have a great ability to approach. They both have quality starts but with
0: these, on, their, on their sheets. But with these pitchers, it's a lot of junk. Right. It's It should get better as the weather gets warmer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the cold weather is certainly,
1: I think, holding some of these guys back from wanting to fire it off. Because, listen, when, I'm not a major league pitcher. I never have been. All right. I pitched in, in little league and I pitched in high school. But I'll tell you this. When the weather's cold and you've got to try to throw that ball as hard as you can... It sucks, okay? It does suck. Especially if you've got, like, blisters on your finger or you've got, like, something going on with your shoulder, the cold intensifies that times 10. You feel that. I mean, and I I was a closer, so I only pitched for, like, an inning or two. But I'll tell you, there was a time where we pitched, it was at least 20 degrees outside because it was obviously – it has to suck outside for us to play baseball and i and then coach is like you're up and i'm like i really don't want to i'm freezing <laughs> like i just so got warmed up i'm just getting warmed up from so the cold. coat like i and i went out there of course I got nothing underneath, so I'm all sleeves out and everything, and you can tell I'm shaking, like, as I'm getting ready to go through the rotation. And it does suck. It's it's not easy, especially when, what, Hendricks, I don't think, is from, I think he's from, like, the West Coast, possibly. I, I, don't quote me on that just yet, but I, I mean, I, I think, well, most b- baseball players, you like, you get accustomed to the cold weather. Right or the warm weather? Excuse me, because you go play in Arizona and in all, all these warm weather places. I feel like you should at some point play in the cold. I mean, am I crazy to say that? I don't know. No, I mean,
0: I, I, I feel the same way about quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's
0: fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you have to adapt your body to whatever whatever weather you are going to encounter, and, and it doesn't even matter if you're. Playing for the Miami Marlins, right? At some point, your butt is gonna be in Chicago or in New York, yeah, or like Boston or Minnesota. You know, especially with the interleague, you're you're gonna have those moments where you're playing in 45. Thirty
1: yeah. degree weather with the wind blowing at like forty five or fifty miles an hour and pop
0: flies get hit and turn into home runs. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, you know i Sticky i I can, I can i completely agree with you. Yeah. Like the, the this is something that that should be addressed by pitchers,
1: right? Yeah, you have to adjust with the like you said. It will get better by the time we hit summer. And spring starts to really kind of warm up more. You'll see these guys throwing. I mean, the hell, the Reds kid. What's his name? Hunter Green. That dude's insane right now. He's 23 years old. He threw the most pitches of 100 miles an hour or faster. It's incredible. And he's sitting out there in Cincinnati freezing his butt off in, like, what was, like, 37-degree weather or something like that. And he's throwing like it's nothing. So, I mean, you have to be able to make that change. And I think for the Cubs, I mean, listen, the biggest thing is I think they're going to have to do some lineup changes. I really do. You, you've got to shift those guys around. I get it. You want wisdom to be clean up and you want Schwendel to be like five or six hole or something. You You got to switch it up a little bit. Ross is going to have to shake some things up. We're
0: not even talking about the biggest thing going on in that north side right now.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Suzuki. Very well said. Ladies and gentlemen, he's tied for third in the major leagues Mm -hmm. for home runs. Now, granted, small sample size. Right. I want to see what happens after pitchers see him more than once. Yeah. I want to see what kind of adjustments they make, and mm-hmm. then I want to see how he then adjusts. Yeah,
1: well, this is what like that's why I say like give it thirty games and then sixty games. What do they look like by thirty games? What are they going to be by sixty games? Because I feel like by that point you are who you are.
0: Well, and not not just that, but like just like the Cuban players that come to the the states, right. Typically get off to a pretty darn hot start because there's no tape on right. So how much tape is there out there of Suzuki? I mean, there's a fair. I mean, if you're getting that, but the the, pitching right, it's different. It it's different in that Japanese right. It truly is different. Yeah. So how how do you then take that and and figure out what where his holes are in his swing? Right. Does he even have a hole? I talked to Dustin Rhodes about this. I was like, because I haven't had the chance to really like. Sit down and sit watch. Sit down and watch. Yeah. Is, I was like, is he slap shot Ichiro? it yeah. And Dustin looked at me and goes, no, he's he's legit swing yeah. and can hit for consistency, can hit for contact, can hit for power. You know, he, he's, he's a unique player. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward.
1: Yeah, no. It, 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 I was going to say Ichiro. No, when it comes to Saya Suzuki, I mean, that guy as a player – you're talking about a veteran outfielder who has that offense and has that defense, I, at least from my eyes, that I think you can – we've said this before. I think he can be the building block that you can really surround a team around and say from the get-go you can take it to the next level in the next two or three years. That, that Looking at his, his approach is incredible, right? His approach is ability to step to the plate, to watch him – From behind, you know, from from that camera shot from behind the pitcher's mount, looking at home plate, watching him looking into the pitcher, the focus that he has on waiting for that right pitch at the right time is incredible. The amount of times he makes contact with the ball is insane. Even when he follows it off, it's almost impressive because he's able to make such good contact with it. And I do think he could kind of be the Renaissance or if the return or whatever you want to call it, of possibly bringing back the contact hitter, right? I mean, we're talking about guys right now who are all trying to hit for power, right? And certainly Suzuki has shown he can hit for power as well. But he comes off more as a guy that I feel like could possibly be the kind of player that, again, 20, 25 home runs, 80 to 90 RBIs maybe. I mean, he has that potential to be a Mr. Consistent in the lineup, hit 340, 350 maybe, like, on his best. And I know that's, like, aiming for, like, a long shot kind of a player. Like, dude, there's no way he's going to do that. Well, it it is possible. I mean, listen, if you're hitting hitting above 300 on your batting average, you're clearly doing something right, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're going to have a home run every single time. You don't really need to. You know, if a guy only – has like maybe 20 home runs, but he has like 100 RBIs, you're still making a huge contribution to your team kind of going forward. And when you talk about what the Cubs need right now, I mean, they've got a great team that collectively, they can hit when when they're on their best. I think a lot of guys right now are kind of in that offseason slump, still trying to get back to it. But I think there's also a lot of guys at this point, too, that you can say, all right, do we do we need to shift them around? Do we need to maybe bring the younger guys in? Do we need to shift the focus off? Because it's, right now, Suzuki should be, like, your main staple centerpiece to build around. He should be the guy that you say, how do we accent his skill sets to make this team better? Because... He's hit. He's he's right now your go-to moment until you see what guy, young guys like Ed Howard can do, you know, the young guy they drafted a few years back, or some of these other guys, or even, uh, what's his name, uh, Jordan Hicks, Wicks, whatever it is, the young pitcher, until you can get him in there as well. There's a lot you're going to have to invest in. There's a lot you're going to have to look at.
0: And I think that's why they gave Rossi the extension, because there is potential in the, right. in these younger players.
1: Give him more of a chance to kind of look at the team and uh, build things up. All right, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to do it for us here on Blow the Whistle, unfortunately. Uh, we want to thank all the people from the Underhood Podcast so much for listening again, and all the wonderful people that came back with us as well. If you guys want to hit us up again on social media, hit us up at blow the whistle one on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. You can find us on all the podcasts places in the world, especially Quad Pod. And why is that, David? Because Quad Pod doesn't forget about you. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen. Just so, me. Yes. <laughs> uh, real quick, too. Obviously, we kind of mentioned it. TV show tomorrow, 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Central Time on the YouTube channel, x Bomb Sports, and on the Facebook page as well, x Sports as well, folks. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you all so much for watching. Listening, listening, <laughs>
0: listening not Sorry, watching yet, t- not I'm watching TV. yet, man. I'm
1: used to TV. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you guys in the next show. And as always, I'm Andrew Valentin. I'm David Dykstra, and we wish you all a wonderful good night, good day, and good tomorrow.